Welcome to the Chile Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Lenny Kluge. We're two immigrants living in Chile talking about Chilean news, cultural events, travel, business, and more. If you want to support our podcast, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. That's one word. www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. Hey, hey, at least I didn't say HTTP dot slash. I I was like, oh my gosh, he's such an old man. We redid our intro, if you haven't noticed. And like he repeated the website for the Patreon twice, which is great. It's Um, it's this thing that that it's, I don't know if you heard it. It's the internet. It's one word. I'm like, no shit. I could have underscores or whatever. But you would have said underscore. You would have said, your face would have said, leave me alone. (laughs) She bangs, she, she bangs, bangs. Oh, baby, and she moves, she moves. Uh, which is just describing how Lenny cannot stop banging things on the table when oh, we're trying yeah. to talk. Um, That's how I okay. Okay. This it's is, been a long get, time, this is getting out of hand. It's this been a long getting... time, hasn't it? Hasn't it, Lenny? Oh, wow. That's uncalled for, isn't it, Bethany? I mean, I think you called for it, to be fair. I mean, it's been a long time since I banged bottles on the table, yeah. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually. I think I told you before. I'm. I'm catching up on. Actually, I finished this third se- season of Snowpiercer today, which is very apropos of mm-hmm. what we're talking about. So, did is you watch it that? Sean Bean in the second season? He, yeah. Oh, oh I haven't have... finished Snowpiercer. I just know Sean Bean is in the second season, and he's like the celebrity that has the most deaths on. Sc- he's died, I think, forty-three times on screen. Yeah, yeah. That's actually. I think. I think yesterday I saw a petition that he was just like, "Please don't kill me anymore." I I'm mean... not gonna tell you about. I'm not going to spoil the third season. All I know is that both Lafayette and... um, His name is W. Diggs, but yeah. Yeah, Lafayette (laughs) and Thomas Jefferson are both in that movie. Who who played Thomas Jefferson in the... He he, he played both Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson in Hamilton. He did? Yeah, he's the same person. Oh, boy. Yeah, act one and act two. You don't have to pay like more than one actor. It's a thing that happens. Crazy. It's crazy. It's super crazy. So, crazy. <clears throat> uh, so events. Events. <laughs> events. Take two. Um, we mention events because for most of these events, our patrons either get them for free or discounts. So we want to make sure you guys get the first um, noticias, the first news of these events. Also, for a lot of events, especially our pub quizzes, they sell out. And we have a capacity. So... We do have capacity. We have capacity. And so it always capacity. sells out. So we're giving you the news before anybody else. If you guys, one, want to join the Patreon and get in for a big discount or get your reservations early. So, because y'all special. Anyway, the next pub quiz, which is a bilingual pub quiz, we have rounds in English and Spanish. And even if the round is in English and you don't understand it, we can repeat the question in Spanish. It's super versa. fun. It's super fun. That's the reason it so sells out. It's super fun. And me and Pinguino and Lenny are usually involved in writing the questions and things like that. Anyway, you can have a team of up to four people. It's 10,000 pesos per team. It's super fun. If you want to make a reservation for that, you can check. Uh, you can message us on our Instagram, or you can contact the Chistolas directly at thechistolas at gmail.com. And it's a lot of fun. So that's on the 18th of June at 8 p.m. at the Black Rock Pub. And I think there's another event coming up soon after yep. that. No, actually, or before, before that. that. Oh, yes, my that bad, my bad. The Horrible Movie Night on Thursday 16th. That's two days before the pub quiz. Long-time listeners already know what we're talking about. It's a night where we watch a horrible movie. Very self-descriptive. I don't know. Did, 
did we already pick the movie for yeah uh, this so time? we Ooh. are watching mystery men and if you don't know what that is it's like a oh, we it's horrible zombie jesus no i mean since it's corpus christi no no we did do hamlet <laughs> too a few months ago last <laughs> month true. was spice world yeah it's like movies that you love to hate slash you hate to love you know what i'm saying no, you, and mystery men's one of those that i grew up i really loved it it's horrible but i love it um, and if you don't know, it's about a ragtag team of superheroes. One guy, his superpower is just that he's he has a shovel, and he's really good with about hitting people with a shovel. And then one guy's superpower is he just gets really, really, really angry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just their superpowers. It's God, so bad. I would fit right in there. You know, my right? superpower be of, of always standing in the way. That's like my superpower. Right? My superpower is I can always tell when somebody like my useless superpower is I can always tell when somebody on a TV show is pregnant before <laughs> like before anybody like they're like no no like I remember Mao has seen friends about 500 times and I was watching the last episode which I'm not a huge friends person but I was like I didn't realize that the actress who played Monica is pregnant in this in the last episode and he was like no, she's not. I'm like, no, she's obviously pregnant. And it's like, <laughs> Look at her. And and I'm like that for any, anyway. That's my Dude, really we should, useless superpower. We should team superpower. up and fight crime. I guess <laughs> we should team up and just annoy people. <laughs> yeah, just that, annoy the you'd probably shit be better at that than fighting crime. But yeah, you know. So anyway, make it the work horrible somehow. movie night is on the 16th yep. at 8 p.m. Also at the Black Rock. Also at the Black Rock, which by the way is a great place. You should not only go to for events, you should Best also have Churiana in man, the like, city. The lunch is pretty solid there. They have a they have a Chilean menu at lunch. Fish um, and chips, man. You, you don't really get this at a lot of places. No, know. it's it's real real good. We know the owner Shane, he's a super nice guy. Um, it's a cozy also, bar. It's yeah, it's a pub. So yeah. like a nice little it's British good. pub if that's your style, that's oh, your flow. Don't tell him that you said British pub because I know, he's I'm sorry, Australian. He's Australian, but it's like it's at that feel. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you know no, he to got, say? The, got the wood paneling and all that thing. Right. So the horrible movie night is free, but if you're a patron, you get also a free beer. Yep. So um, there you go. Join our Come Patreon. Come and ruin us. It's, yeah, at the five dollar level. Like I mean, that <laughs> it pays for itself. You know? Did you say moon us? No, you did. Come and ruin us. Ruin. As in financially ruin? I. No? No. I don't understand what you're saying. No. Never mind then. Okay. So there's <laughs> one more event that we're going to talk about. What is it? Yes, it is. It would be an affiliate event, if you will. We are not directly involved with that, but good friends of ours. They are. And I don't know why I just speak like, talk like Yoda. On June, <laughs> on June 23rd, storytelling in Santiago there is. Yeah, so it's an event called Storytelling, and it's where you can, it's in English, and people get up on stage and tell stories about their lives. They have a theme every month. I'm not sure what this month's theme is. Uh, they have th I just actually, I just looked at it literally an hour ago. I li I'm literally going to look it this up. Is Im it's impossible, I think. That's that's, that's theme. impossible. That's impossible is the theme. So it's people impossible. like write and present stories in English about like things that happen. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're sad. It's like kind of a, like a therapeutic way for people to like get things out sometimes or just like make people laugh. Um, it's really fun. Cry. Um, if you want to go watch it, it's a free event. And that's at Fiddler's Irish Pub. So there you go. Those yep. are the events we have. If you are hosting an event or if you want us to advertise, contact us. We want people to get involved, to have things to do, have fun things to do in the yeah, city. So yeah. just contact us at our Instagram at Chile Today Podcast. Exactly. That's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. Getting the info out to the peoples. News. <laughs> this is, that means the news section starting. Yeah. So you got it's COVID updates. Effect. Yeah, as usual. 
I wonder if people get tired of this whole thing. They're like, oh my god, more COVID. I mean, I mean, like we all we've all gotten tired of COVID. To be fair, if you live in Chile, it's quite useful because everything changes every week. Yeah, no kidding. Like it's not like I feel I feel like again I don't live in the U.S. or other countries, but at least the perception everything moves slower in other countries. It's like. But here, every week, something changes. Yeah, but I, that also might be because like we're a little bit more aware of the news cycle and everything. That's what I'm saying, because I don't live in those countries. No, 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 but I mean the news cycle here. Like, if you wouldn't follow the news as closely as we do, because we're, that kind of comes with the territory, you know what I'm saying? Like, there wasn't a lot of things that have happened that would really impact you in a meaningful way, but it's still good to know about these things. So anyway, COVID updates. So COVID updates. It's laying on me. So as of today, Wednesday, May 25th, we got 6,010 new cases, which Jesus. is not good. Yeah, we are definitely climbing again. The positivity rate is at 10.19%. Check back two weeks ago, last time we recorded, we were at 6.07%. And right Jeez. now, just in the metropolitan region, it's at 14.47%. So, uh, which makes sense because we're a densely populated piece of land here. So, you we're know. densely populated piece of, piece of land. Land. <laughs> So in the metropolitan metropolitan region alone, cases have actually more than tripled in the last three weeks. And since there's really no good database on this, uh, I went through the reports from the health ministry of the last 14 days and compared the development of the positivity rate with the development of the ICU occupation because, you know, hard-hitting journalism is what we do here. <clears throat> hard-hitting. Hard-hitting. Hard. So hard. Yep, and actually it turns out that even though the positivity rate is rising, the ICU, ICU occupation is on a downward trend, which right. is good news, you know, because mm -hmm. if it stays like that, I think we probably don't have to be worried about, like, stricter measures. On the contrary, we're, in the, we're, the, we're in the intermediate right now, and the Valparaiso region also just went into the intermediate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think if anything, they might loosen up restrictions a little bit or maybe just change this whole thing, but I don't really see that we're going to go to, like, the red level anytime no, soon. No, no, I think we're might... Yeah. I knock on fucking wood. Yeah. I think kidding. we might be done with phase one situation. Well, I mean, we're never going to have another phase one the way we used to. Yeah, no. Where no. we're not, because that's just not in the phase, yeah. like in the. And you can't really justify anymore. that anymore, yeah. Yeah, not with the amount of people vaccinated. Uh, you should get your vaccination. There are still people getting confused if they're. If it's their turn, it's probably your turn to get vaccinated. If you're in your 30s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and up yes it's your turn to get your fourth dose as long as it's been i think six months mm, since you yeah. got check the dates but yeah. it's probably your turn because if you haven't by the time you listen to this you might be like a couple of days away from having your mobility pass blocked. right june 4th isn't it the june 1st i think june 1st yeah. i don't know why i said fourth june 1st are uh, the mobility passes are starting to get frozen if you don't have your fourth second booster fourth dose yeah, we're just so cuarto dosis yeah. in chile yeah right right so um keep that in mind you're right yeah so as i was saying the you know it's probably gonna get less strict instead of stricter however i do think they will be keep on pushing the vaccination campaign because you know this right now is still a point of concern because there are still many people behind their behind on the booster shots the first and the second so actually as it stands on tuesday may 17th it was announced that 2.4 million people have not received their second booster mm -hmm. shot um I think it was no the second and the th first actually together. So I did the math on that, and it's about um, sixteen percent of the target group, which basically means that if we're like at I don't know man ninety percent, like you know just deduct sixteen from that, and that's the vaccination rate that we have right now. Right. You know? Math. And, 
the leaderboard here is headed by the metropolitan region again with like 39 percent of the people that are still not up to date with the shots that is a lot you know and this especially affects the age group between 18 29 years of which only 12 percent have so far received the second booster shot according to information on may 16th and i couldn't find any hard data on this but I read that in several places that most and if not all people that were in the ICU because of COVID-19 were not up to date with their shots. So the vaccination does yeah. work. So I also like, read that. You know, get, get I that, mean, get I, that. I read that in Chile and also read that in other countries as well. Like, for example, like in the U.S., they don't have the fourth dose, but the people in the ICU are people who have not had their booster yeah. shots. Like the, the big majority, the grand majority of, of people. The Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, I don't know I mean, about there, you. There are always breakthroughs, but, you know, oh, this, sure. this is the minority. No, I have a student, actually, who got his, um, he got his fourth dose on last Thursday and on Saturday showed symptoms of oh, COVID no. and has and had COVID. But th at that rate, he got COVID before he got his booster yeah, shot. And also, like, the shot needs, the shot needs, like, a one or two days to really just oh yeah but the, the way that that timeline works like he got it like really he, was he was exposed before he got his shot yeah. so really bad luck right. but i mean actually i know a lot more people as far as like people close to me getting covid because my friends were very very like during like the beginning of covid and all these things very very safe like making sure they weren't going to yeah. a lot of events and now because we're now more comfortable going to bigger events my friends are like the people I know that you, you used to not go to anything are now more exposed. So it's interesting, but like they're all yeah. fine. Like no, no, this... none of them have bad symptoms because they all got their three or four shots. Yeah, this whole, this whole thing with the mask mandate, you know, because you don't have to wear the mask outside anymore. I mean, you know, think about it. You go into a restaurant and basically you just put on the mask to go in and then you sit down and then you take off the mask again. So people just be like, you know, why bother? <laughs> Which I absolutely get, you know, but of course, you know, that kind of... To, the, to the, go to the bathrooms, that makes sense to me. Wear your mask and you go to the bathroom. Yeah, but if you go outside for some reason, I don't have a smoke. If you're leaving, it's like, why would I put on the mask for these couple of me? I mean, I, I know I mean, that you should, but right. I, I, I get what people are thinking, you know? So, yeah, but... It depends on where you are because then, again, you, people are very simple, right? Because... You have to say inside if you're like inside, but malls, but not this, but this, but not that. It's too confusing. So yeah. it's way easier to just be like inside. Inside. You know Period. what I mean? Yeah, gotcha. Because, I mean, it's like, it's probably not useful that I feel comforted wearing my mask in a movie theater when everybody's pulled it down deep popcorn anyway, including myself. But I do feel better. I guess it's kind of like... A <laughs> placebo Maybe, for you. I don't know. I, don't know, I just yeah. feel safer. That's I get what you. I'm trying to say. But yeah, vaccines work. So I think it's good news then that Sinovac has actually started with the construction of the first vaccine plant in Latin America in the district of Kirikura. Yep. They started doing that and it's supposed to be finished before 2023, which is a pretty tight timeline if you ask me. They, they've had plans for this for a while though for like at least a year yeah but i mean if they just started constructing i mean it's a it's not just a it house it is china it's a though i mean yeah it was Chi actually i was like, thinking about the same thing they were china just, can do it in like a day and a half yeah but that would be china in china but because they rely on local on the local workforce here and local labor laws <laughs> i was like I what mean, do you mean i can't they, have them work 24 7 have, you they know? have chinese factories in the u.s where they literally sh like have people from china work there because it's more efficient yeah, but I'm not joking. I got you, but they still have to adhere to labor laws. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. Um, but again, like, oh, wait, why do you think like things in China get done so quickly? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. <laughs> like, okay, yes, but at the same time, 
Chileans being Chileans is what I'm trying to say. I love you, Chile. I'm just saying, like, we all know the way that our Chilean brethren, you know, brethren. how they work. How they work sometimes. <laughs> the pinguino is giving me an eye. You're procrastinators. You are. You're gonna deny it, pinguino. Don't don't don't, don't upset him. All oh, the podcast got uh, The podcast gonna come ever. out like in two weeks, man. <laughs> so, um, anywho. So yeah. So it's. Right, so it's supposed to be finished before 2023, and it's uh, supposed to have a capacity of more than f uh, 50 million doses per year, but not only against COVID-19, but also hepatitis A and the flu. And the monkeypox. Right, right. <laughs> and no, no, not the monkeypox yet, but yeah, not, gotta not get yet. to that. So, but you know, things are, in terms of infection positivity rate, things are not looking too bright. So this is why another 33 districts across, across five regions are going back from the green to the yellow sanitary phase as of two Thursday. Cemetery phase. Oh, sanitary impact phase. I heard cemetery. I was yeah, like, this, no, no, no. Yeah, that would be the red one. <laughs> that's the red <laughs> The black phase. one. Black <laughs> the cemetery the phase. phase. That's when we all have to go back into phase one and like stay Oh, our boy, homes. so sad. Yeah, but they're going back to the yellow sanitary phase, the medium impact sanitary phase as of Thursday 26th, which it's as of the day of this recording, of recording is it. tomorrow, right? And, you know, as if we didn't have to worry enough about everything already, as you just mentioned, we got the monkeypox coming our way. But, you know, the health ministry has announced that they are already hard at work to be able to deal with this and should be ready to respond within the next couple of days. Argentina already has reported their first possible case, so it's not too far away Jesus. from us. Yeah, yeah it'll but be it's, here. A, it's, it's not confirmed, but they were like, eh, we're suspicious, that might be it. Now, that being said, pretty much all the experts agree that it's really there's really no need to panic because the monkeypox are not nearly as transmissible as the cough SARS two virus, and not really, not that fatal if you get it. Like people go like, oh my god, you get the monkeypox, you die. No, not really. I mean, no. And moreover, like I mean, you could pox, also right? you could. I mean, it's a bit more. It's like we are a mismatched host. I think somebody said because it's actually made for rats and monkeys, so it kind of it doesn't really bloom in humans as it should, as like the as human flower. pox would be, which were declared extinct in seventy seven. I think. You mean like smallpox. Small, yeah, I think that was it the smallpox. I think so, yeah, yeah, but that was like kind of like the virus tailored to the human body, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and then we had vaccines and it disappeared. See, exactly. vaccines work, Ooh, vaccines. so monkeypox, not nice if you get it, but you don't necessarily die. And you could also make the argument that we've never been more prepared to deal with something like that than right now at this moment because, like, yeah. we're still in full on pandemic mode, so just bring you know, I mean, bring we it. should still be full on pandemic mode. The yeah, way... but at least like the governments are just like, okay, uh, yeah, we know like, what to do with, now, with you know. Eyeballs right there. <laughs> we got PCRs, right. we got masks, we got we got all mm -hmm. the things, plants and shit. Plants, mm, mm -hmm. house plants, house plants and okay stuff. Uh, okay, awesome. Yeah, awesome. COVID, woohoo! Right, what Is that you what got? you got? Okay, so um, we are uh, at, before the last episode since then they have finished the constitution, which we will have an entire episode. On the Constitution, first draft. specifically. First draft, yeah. right, obviously. The first draft. And a lot of things are being released. And um, major investment banks have weighed in on the first draft of the Constitution, which is with, extremely with important. With 499 articles. Which 499, really not 500. the wrong 499, way. 499, <laughs> just like, to rub Lenny the wrong way. Yeah. That's the yeah. reason they did it. So... Um, uh, so we have the first draft, and they have seven thematic commissions releasing this first draft, and it contains, as he said, 499 articles, 
and it actually may end up being one of the world's longest constitutions, apparently. Yeah. So, um, and so we're, <laughs> they're thinking that they're going to be able to fine tune it. So maybe you'll get a more round number yeah, there. that's the thing. People are sorry. Like, but people like on social media, friends of mine, just like, you do yourself a favor, download the draft, read it. I'm just like, it's 499 art. Like. Come on. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, you're, I, I you're guess I will eventually. It's just like, I mean, I, I want to know what I vote for, you know? I so, mean, yeah, um, sure. You know. Uh, okay. So, um, so as, as I said, at the moment, it is the world's longest. It exceeds Bolivia's, which actually is 411. And then it <laughs> that's, also that's exceeds. the only reason they did it. <laughs> we have to beat Bolivia. Yeah, exactly. Take their land, beat them. <laughs> and then it actually even beats quote legendary uh constitution of india which is at 466 i can already imagine china be like what we gotta do something about this we need to have a longer constitution does china i mean i'm not asking this in an ironic way i really don't know does china have a constitution like what would they would name their magna carta i I don't know but china had always had this things like oh no we gotta be the biggest the largest the fastest whatever they probably just don't care because they're like (laughs) we have one party and we don't need it cons do what constipate we got constipation consta communismism penguin just gave a thumbs up china does have have a a constitution Two pages How long. many articles does it have, oh. Pinguino? Okay, so, <clears throat> as I was saying before Penguin interrupted me with the 137... Eight. 138... Now you know. ...thingy, my bobbers, that China. China's constitution has. Okay, so major investment firms, J.P. Morgan and Morgan and & Stanley, both released their own assessment of the constitutional draft. Morgan Stanley said that it focuses on, quote, higher levels of structural fiscal spending and closer regulatory scrutiny on corporations especially on the environmental front, without disruptive outcome to the country's macro framework. This is really important. They are sending out... It absolutely makes sense. It tracks, you know? It, it totally tracks with what we've been talking about. Yeah. Because, again, it's it's doing... It's moving very much forward to how Europe is, like, aiming the, a lot of their policies and without upsetting the banks, right? Yeah, like, and, without... I mean, and again, I said it before, good luck investing here if the streets are burning. Yeah, no, and, and <laughs> this is not going to happen. And again, the I, th- I by feel which like, I mean, if we didn't have this new constitution chugging along, right? You know? And the the uh, which makes for the people who are so so like determined to vote rechazo, I don't understand. Like, I really don't understand why. Yeah, like, I'm not I'm not is. trying to say I I would like to understand why. If you are somebody who is planning to vote rechazo, can you tell me? Yes, please. Why? Because I am only seeing really. Uh, good things from both sides, both, you know, like they're trying to uh, and continue to make investments possible in a very like in a capitalist way, but also opening up the door for changes if they need to exist. Yeah. Right. I'm not I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand how anybody could yeah. be against this unless they were just really right. I mean that that's actually good like call politically. For if, if you really if you want to vote rechazo and you have a good re- please don't just say because communism because that's not a reason. If you have a really good reason, just right? Right. If you don't like Bonich, if you're at like gmail.com or on Facebook or whatever. Baton Culiao, that's not a yeah. reason. I want to know a reason, and we would love to know it so that we can be. 
uh, oh, Pinguino just typed freedom. Freedom's the reason. Which doesn't make any sense because this is a constitutional, one of the big, most constitutional democratic constitutions <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Right? The previous constitution was written in the dictatorship. Right. So, like, freedom, and, this is freedom. You know, I'm just going to say, like, the thing is, like, if you ask me right, right now if you're going to vote a probably trust, it's like, I, I don't know you because I don't know. I haven't read this thing yet. Like, because, I, of course, I want to read this thing, you know. Sure. And I want to make for my own, own opinion about this, but that's the thing. I want to get into the subject matter first and then decide. Like, yeah. I'm not at this point right now where I say, just like, I'm going to vote Rick Chasso because X, I, I don't understand you know? anybody who at this point or – because you know, if it is turns like out, so you know. determined to vote rechazo. Exactly. I mean, if I read it and then it turns out it's like, holy shit, no, no, that. Oh I, no, I, I they're wasn't eating aware. babies. Yeah, way. I don't know. You know, it's just like maybe I have reasons to vote rechazo, but the 499th was the one where they eat babies. Oh no. <laughs> maybe the, what the fifth hundred? You they have to read they all the way to the it end. Out, you know? All the way to the end. Yeah, but you know, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, okay, I want to form my own, my own opinion, and maybe there is something in there where I just go like, okay, this is really not. This is not good. You know, I doubt it honestly, but. And I, but the that's thi- the thing. I'd rather think and inform myself before I speak up there. You oh, know? sure. But then it, there's something that I was talking about to one of, with one of my students. And one of my students is like, it worries me because sometimes people see one thing they don't like in the new constitution. And they're like, well, I'm just not going to vote for it. And it's like, okay, you're probably not going to agree with 100% of the constitution because people have different political leanings. Yeah. People have different ideas. But there's so much more that you could say is wrong with the old constitution. So you have to weigh that. You can't just say it's not perfect. I therefore don't want it. Yeah, it's a typical the devil you know situation, you know. Right, but it's like the it's literally the devil. Yeah. That you know. And also, we just it just stopped working as of 2019. We saw that. Right. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. Anyway, continue. Uh, with yeah. Banks. Well. Yeah. That could be a whole podcast episode. And that Which will be literally be a whole, a whole podcast. podcast episode. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, so the, both the investment firms, the J.P. Morgan and Morgan and Stanley, highlighted in the reports because they released reports. Feel free to go read those on your own time if you don't believe me. Um, the minimal changes a new constitution makes towards the operating framework of the central bank. So the new draft permits the central bank to maintain its autonomy, but it calls to increase the number of board members to seven from its current five. In addition, these members are to be appointed by the president, and Congress may request the dismissal of members through a majority vote. I see checks and balances there. Yeah, checks and balances. Checks out. That tracks. On the topic of political rights, um, the plenum? What's that? Oh, the the plenum. um, It's like a... The, like a, the organization, like a caucus, I would say. Yeah, the, so the Office like of Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan, they they do not like the language which gives full equality to, on the topic of political uh, of political parties and political independent organizations. But as to social rights, Morgan Stanley stated that quote the draft articles for the new constitution set out a meaningful expansion of social rights. The draft emphasizes the transition of the provisions of healthcare, education, social security, and housing from the private sector to the state for the provision. J.P. Morgan's report shared the shift in polls over the support for the newly drafted constitution, noting that the weekly CADEM, which is the survey, um, slightly, probably corrupt, survey organization in Chile, continued to show that the no vote still had a lead with 46% of those in the polls, but had lost 2% since the week before. Um, Meanwhile, the percentage of those in favor of the new constitution has climbed to 38% in a game of, Gain of 3%. Now, again, Gadem is 
largely has been largely corrupted and they have an agenda so keep that in mind um but you know you could also make the point that if they really had the agenda then they would probably paint the approval in a more favorable light so that people would stay at home who were to vote for the oh no they can't stay at home (laughs) it's It's a it's a it's a mandatory vote it's a mandatory vote so so yeah steaming machiavelli yeah so anyway morgan stanley's report underscored the obvious that the new constitution is rejected it will lead to a renewed risk of social unrest yeah within the country which means investments are down nobody wants to nobody wants to invest in a country that is extremely volatile so most people on the outside of chile really are rooting for this constitution for the stability it could create yeah yeah um because again it was the same thing we were talking about during the elections of boric versus cast it's like oh cast you want peace if he wins, the the city of Santiago will burn to the ground. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it will. And so it's kind of like people marched and sacrificed and voted. We've How many votes have we had on this freaking thing? And if it loses, imagine. Like, I can't even think about, yeah, like, that's, that's going to just be chaos. And we'll keep you right here informed on the Chile Today podcast. <laughs> From our bunker. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, with 16% voters in the Kadam survey reporting as undecided, the coming weeks leave the door open to either the acceptance or rejection of the draft, and the vote is going to be on the 4th of September. And that's a big thing now that it has actually been released as far as what is in it. And mm-hmm. there is, because I think you and I talked about there was a lot of myster- mystery, mystery, what? mystery behind like what was going on what's in it what are the decisions that are actually been made and now it's out there i think a lot of people are going to be more comfortable being like okay i see this now this is not crazy leftist propaganda or whatever this seems more reasonable because the government is putting a lot of stuff out there like putting articles side by side showing you the difference not not the government the constitutional convention Sure. Okay. Yeah. Again. No, I mean, that's that's a big difference. No, no, no. <laughs> the only thing is, is I have very weird lines because I'm only like, I'm literally one person removed from the president slash not one person removed from people that work in government. So when I see one of my friends post something. Okay. No, I know. I'm important, right? <laughs> my my fiance won't let me invite Boric to the wedding because he was like, if he actually came, which he might because a lot that of our friends be... wear from him, it'll be a very big distraction for you. A big and distraction like... <laughs> and like also maybe an extra cost there and, you know. Oh, yeah, with security <laughs> and stuff. No, that was... Um, so, anyway, so... Uh, what was I saying? Brag, brag, brag. Oh, so when my friends post things, I sometimes get confused whether they're posts from the government or posts just from my friends. And then you just, like, spew government Because secrets. also... But also, like, if certain diputados get to post their own things and they're representatives from the government and they post, like... if there's Obviously, if they're supporters of the Constitution, they post their own stuff. So, anyway. yeah. That's a thing which I think like somebody has to step up. I I started following this guy, which is called what's it was his face, Rodrigo Mayorga. I think he is a he does a podcast also like on the whole constitution, political podcast, smart guy, and um, he also said like this is there's fake news abound, and and I think we yeah. talked about this before that the constitutional convention be it of their own fault or not has really not done a great job communicating this whole thing no. and that's, but i think that's, that's getting issue. better and now that, that has the, to get better now but i think it yeah. is at least from what i have seen this past week since they were like it's ready like just so much out there like 
comparing the two documents like side by side showing you what the old document said and showing you, you what that? the oh yeah oh, well, no. i will be oh, happy no, i haven't seen that oh i haven't you don't follow my instagram i do follow your instagram it's, just, it's on my stories there's like literally one on my stories today really? i'll check it yeah and then and i'll send you different ones because they're different um where they show them side by side because some of them are similar because that's the thing is i'm no one's saying or it's not correct to say that every single thing in the previous constitution was horrible it's saying like look there needs to be tweaks and so looking at a side by side look at what has been tweaked look at why like why would they add that specific language here because right. you're saying needs... that they actually basically kind of copy pasted a lot of on things from things. the old yeah which on makes... some things and then it's also added like very some plain language. vanilla you know at some point it's just like it's i don't know man we're talking about I don't know, the norms for glass bottles. I don't know if that's in the Constitution, but it's just like, really, why would you want to change that? It's not really right. like... Or the, the or the wording is important and it shows you why it's important. So, for example, the previous Constitution guarantees the... What is it? How is it, how is it worded? The... Um, it guarantees... Uh, I don't exactly know how it's worded, but it like guarantees the opportunity to mm -hmm. have an education, but does not guarantee education. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. While the new constitution makes sure to specify that every Chilean child is guaranteed an education. <gasps> Socialism intensifies. I know, because the, the manipulation of those words there in the old constitution meant like it actually, they the government has no um, obligation to make sure a child yeah, goes to right. school. It's just like, you. oh, well, the school is there. It's yeah. your problem if you can't. Afford to go, yeah, yeah. you know, or you can't pay yeah. for it. Well, but I'm glad that there is actually more communication out there because, yeah. I mean, in a way, I can't. I mean, it's only been this week. It's like if you, you know, haven't been I on the internet blame, in four days, I can't I mean, blame I can the see. people to just be a little, like, insecure because, totally. I mean, like, the whole constitutional process has been one big dumpster fire just oh, because, sure. yeah, that's but the again, first think, time that they've done this. Sure. And it's just like, most of the times they didn't even know themselves what they were doing. <laughs> I think they but were. They'd be the first one. Right? You know, that's I our think they would be the first one to admit it to. You know, there was a lot of trial and error there. I mean, I, I, mean, I really don't know. You could totally be right. But yeah. what I'm again, this just happened. Mm. So if you have been, you know, not on the internet in four days, you've probably missed a lot because a lot of the stuff is being put out there. And a lot of people are saying like, these are the five main reasons why the new constitution is better. Here, look at these articles right next to each other. Again, we are going to cover this on an entire, yeah. like, article, not necessarily article, but we're not going to cover 499 articles, but we're going to cover the, <laughs> Get, the ready main <laughs> Get ready for a 10-parter. Get ready for a 10-parter. I mean, we have until September, so anyway, we're going to cover the main things that you guys want to hear about, education, security, you know, um, indigenous rights, environment, yeah. like, you know, the main things with that and how they compare to the old and, you know hopefully we'll learn things together and if you're on the fence if you're leaning Grachaso and you don't you know maybe you'll get more strong in that or maybe you'll reconsider whatever we're not here to convince anybody we're here to do our thing and then because we love chile so there's that we're doing nothing yeah uh what's your next thingy all right okay araucania you can't leave this place alone for two weeks and things are gonna happen it's, no, I mean, again, listen to our episodes. Yeah. I mean, so, I doubt this is going to be a... I mean, yeah. yeah it's going to still be in the same vein. Yeah, I mean, I not really have included Aragonia in the news section last week because we talked about it a lot, but like there has been a lot of development in the past couple of weeks, so let me just try to sum this up. Sum now, because the violence in the so-called southern macro zone has really not let up 
And on the contrary, it actually has really flared up again since Boric, the Boric administra administration lifted the state of emergency back in March. The government initially, initially had the idea to decree an quote unquote like intermediate emergency state or intermediate exception state. Let's call it emergency state in the Araucanía region. And whatever that was supposed to be anyway, because like there is no such thing. There's like because Estado Excepción emergency. They just state, didn't. They just didn't want to have the same like so the same. Yeah, name. no, I get it. It's just like also like Estado Excepción. There are different emergency states, so there's no such thing as an immediate emergency state. It's, it was just a weird thing, and that was like Im almost immediately met by a fiery declaration by the CAM leader Hector Yaitul that they would and I quote prepare their forces and organize armed resistance. And a few days after Mr. Yaitu's call to arms, uh, the social development and family minister Janet Vega confirmed in a TV interview that the government would bring an indictment against Mr. Yaitul. Cool. Only to have Subsecretary of the Interior Manuel Monsalve contradict her two days later by affirming that they would not take any legal action. Jesus. Now, the district attorney office of the Araucanía region wasn't too happy about this because they can't head off an investigation against Mr. Yaitul if the government doesn't take action. And Mr. Monsalvo, on the other hand, said that the DA's office could just reopen investigations based on indictments filed back in 2016-2018 against Mr. Yatul. But the DA's office insists that this is a different animal and they need there need to be a new indictment based on the notorious security law. So they can't right. really move, which is just like... It's a thing. Like, they can't do anything, and one person says one thing, the other person... It's just chaos. So, eventually, what the government did is they discarded the idea of this intermediate emergency state, and they decided to reinstate the, quote-unquote, proper emergency state in the region, albeit in a much curtailed capacity, as the army is only supposed to guard main transport routes and is not allowed to enter any villages. So, they kind of, like, put the shackles on that one. Now, this has actually been met with a solid approval rating of 77% compared to 55% when Piñera decreed the state of emergency in October 21, which is really not much of a big surprise because A, fuck Piñera, and B, you could say that Piñera was a bit more proactive while Boric was more reactive. That is to say that people could right. actually see a surge in incidents when Boric, Boric ended the state of emergency in March. There's like a step up there. This like, let's try to do this, and they threaten, and, he, and Boric doing what a lot yeah. of people think a government should do is reacting to a threat rather than just being like, oh, potential threat. Yeah, right, right. And you could also, now you can make the case maybe Pineda did the right thing, but you didn't know it back then, right? Right. Like, whether you agree or not, but right now, like, Boris was like, let's do it away, then things got to shit again. He was like, okay, maybe not. Right, because there's a, <laughs> there's a difference there, right? It's, it's like reacting to... Um, there's there's a lot to be said of like for human history being like oh well i mean i'm making a really swathing comparison that is definitely not the same um but like you know invading iraq when there was actually no reason to invade iraq because we thought there were potentially weapons of mass destruction it's like you know what maybe we should have perhaps waited a little yeah. bit to I see mean, if Ukraine, this was a I real mean, iraq. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god i cannot believe that happened and by i cannot believe i mean it totally of course, of course it happened it had to happen it happened it's bush after all but yeah, so that was that was met with a approval of, of 77%. However, 85% of the poll population also agrees that Boric's move came way too late. Now, at the same time, the government strategy of appeasement is really taking shape as Boric presented a catalog of projects uh, that the government dubbed the Plan Buen Vivir, or good living, good coexisting, if you will. 
First, the government actually appointed a Mapuche to lead the CONARI, which is the Cooperación Nacional de Desarrollo Indígena, or National Cooperation for Indigenous Development, Mr. Luis Alberto Pinchuelo. Second, which, I mean, makes sense because, duh, he's Mapuche. Second, they effectively are doubling CONARI's budget to a total of 35 billion uh, pesos, which is, funnily enough, exactly... Oh, my God. Exactly $42 million. I just did the conversion oh today like to the God. digit. It was like, how did that even happen? So, yeah, that was kind of Jesus, weird. I yeah, made I that know. job. So, I'm in the wrong yeah. <laughs> so field, these, though it wouldn't matter. I'm not these, Mapuche. These 35 billions are meant for land buybacks of 39 sites across more than 20 oh, Mapuche okay. communities. Oh, okay. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You're yeah, buying right. back land. You're, no. He's not like pocketing that shit and being like, <laughs> bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a roja this is not, Yeah, I know. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was no, just no, like, I, hey, this is mine now. Okay. No, I get you. Yeah. No, that was double because it used to be 16 million every year, and then they were like, oh, let's double this. Okay. Now it okay, should I be noted. You. Now it should be noted that this is actually not a huge increase, more than a redirection of funds, because the overall budget that has already been approved for 2022 was 66 billion, of which 47 billion were supposed to be spent on subsidies, which is like subsidies for like education, business development, like training people to set up their own business and stuff like that. And the only the 19 remaining 19 billion were meant for buybacks. Now, now we're talking about 35 billion. So because they were already allocated. So well, they, they basically did a reallocation of funds. They are now investing more into buybacks than into subsidies. Whether this is a good idea or not, that's, you know, oh, okay, that's, okay. that's a different But that's, that's different happening now. But yeah, that is happening now, okay. right. Now, also, you can say that since the return to democracy in the 90s, the governments have, the governments have, have in total spent a total of 510 billion pesos on such buybacks, which I did the math there again because apparently have the math guy this averages out to about 16 billion per year which makes sense because Why that was if like, you know it's much more economical just not to murder and take people's land in the first place yeah but you know things that there hasn't been any increase of this line item over the, th the past 30 years which is also something that you need to talk about it has always been every year on average 60 million so yeah i guess it's about time that they increase this oh yeah so kind of like doubling this thing's kind of a big deal you know even though it's it's at the cost of subsidies you know Now, by judging by Mr. Penchuelos, who is the head of the Conadi, by judging Panuelo. by his comments, Penchuelo, Panuelo. it appears that as if the government really hasn't hammered things out with the forestry companies yet. He said that, and I quote, the forestry companies need to retreat one way or the other, but returning the land that is being claimed by the indigenous communities has its base in historical and legal documentation. Now, if you ask me, it's kind of a flimsy comment there because, you know, The forestry companies, they're going to make this, this really expensive for the government. They're going to make them pay, you know. So I feel that there is still a negotiation to be had. I mean, it's great that you have the money for buybacks, but you need to get them to sell first, you know. Third thing about the whole appeasement strategy is that the very same week, and that also came together with a formal announcement of reinstating the state of emergency in the in the region, the Minister of the Interior, Itzkia Sitches, announced that her ministry would invest more than 400 billions, I sound like Carl Sagan here, like billions and billions, 400 billions, billions of, in, because they say cuatrocientos mil millones, which, mil millones, paid, which makes no why don't sense. they just okay. use billion, but okay, they are, would invest more than 400 billion pesos in the Araucanía and the Bio Bio regions, chiefly for infrastructure projects. She also mentioned that she wants to dust off like a bill for a law that would allow the creation of a ministry for indigenous people. 
And lastly, she announced that the government is in conversations with the UN to help them mediate talks with the Mapuche communities, which ironically is something that Hector Yaitul suggested in the first place. But now, right now, he's not willing to talk at all. Like, remember, I think we talked about this in the Araucanía conflict. Right. Because he was like, well, just ask the UN to help out, you know. And now they're like, hey, how about we do that? It was like, hey, great idea. But now that guy doesn't want to talk anymore. So that's kind of a conundrum. Conundrum. It's a conundrum. So also the Buen Vivir plan. Such a plan very, very, if, like, is, you don't know what we're talking about. It's such a very complex, it is. like, now, at the, this the, point... The, 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 hold on. The, 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 the Buen Vivir plan, it also includes the creation of a territorial parliaments, of territorial parliaments in the region to foster dialogue between indigenous people and the central government. Now, I'm not sure how that would fit into the existing frame of legislature here or if at all, but it's it's a thing. So they're moving. Sorry, you were saying? Oh, nothing. Oh, <laughs> fine. Okay. We could, look, I got some thoughts here. Bear with me here. I got get ready, take a seat, buckle up. I'm already sitting. So look, I, I feel here that the government seems to have all the right intentions, but really doesn't seem to find the footing, you know? Because when Boric ended the state of emergency in March, his administration should have had a comprehensive plan on how to solve this whole clusterfuck in the Araucania region. Ready at the very moment, but they didn't. Like the only but the first and only attempted peace talks, quote unquote really failed miserably when Iskiasitis was met with gunfire in Temuquiqui a few months ago. You remember yeah, that? Somebody like saw that, that, or... that? That went sideways, you know? And only Well, then now... again, maybe you have to sidestep, right? So, like, being devil's advocate on your the other side is saying, like, maybe they had a plan and then suddenly somebody shot at their minister and they're like, you know what? New plan! Yeah, but maybe that wasn't really a good plan or they haven't really communicated right, that or you, before. I mean, you know, but that's again, the thing. It's about like communicating this before. You can't just... I mean, I wouldn't have expected her to get shot at either, but in a way, it's just like, okay, what was But they're plan? starting from... I mean, again, it's like the idea of like starting from scratch, right? Because ever since this Mapuche conflict has sort of existed, there has been so much resistance against them that now we're like, okay, now let's try to work with them. And it's the first time anybody's trying to work with them and there's... The plan, it's going to be go back to the drawing board a couple times. It makes sense that they're going to go back to the drawing board a couple times. At least to me, it makes sense. Yeah, I just, Is that I, ideal? Like, honestly, I just got the feeling that they were kind of like winging it at this moment, which was not ideal because he had already lived in no the idea. state of emergency. Now, it seems like that only now. Does None of my friends work in that particular sector. <laughs> <Right>. so. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Okay, but it seems that so only now a comprehensive inside. action plan is actually coming together. That what I was just talking about, the whole Buen thing, like, you know, allocating funds to the Conadi, creating these territorial parliaments, etc., etc., etc. Like, ironically, that happened at the same time that Boris declared another state of emergency, you know, and I would argue that this back and forth ca caused him a lot more political damage than had he just maintained the original state of emergency with a justification that they're just taking the office and need some time to come up with an action plan. However, you, know? you say that, and yet his numbers of approval rating, according to Karim, have risen since he has declared the state of emergency. Maybe because of the state of emergency, but you know, but they also took a nosedive, not immediately after he took office. That was later. That was after he lifted the state. Yeah, of but of course, Kadim like releases something every week. Somehow things like change within the week, yeah, well, according then, to them. Because okay, but then you can't make this argument, right? You know? but, but according to Kadim, when he made that, his approval rating went up because a lot of people, especially I will say, a lot of people were very worried about security when Boric took office, mm -hmm. and then all this stuff started happening. And I think this idea that like Boric is being reactive, whether that's the right move or not. Because I don't fucking know. This is a crazy conflict that oh, I yeah, I am over my head here. 
and I don't often say that. I feel like I know everything. Just kidding. <laughs> but it is his approval rating at least is going up. So like you saying, like people being upset because of state of emergency, that actually is not reflected at least in the Kadem right now. Oh no no no! I'm not saying that the people are upset. Like on the contrary, but it's just funny because like of course like most of the oh, oh, I wouldn't say most, but like part of the Mapuche community is just like you know that's not Chah. cool. But then sure. at the same time, he's, he's, he goes like, okay, like he's kind of like reaching out the olive branch with one hand and then basically reaching the gun with the other hand. It's just like, we're declaring a state I mean, of emergency, he, but we're trying to fix this, which is, I get, I get, but the timing is just very unfortunate. Sure. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I mean, and, at this point, I'm like, I'm going to just watch. Cause I can't. Oh, yeah. There's, there, it's not like we're in the, like the US where it's like, you know what, you could just pass some comprehensive gun laws and it would be fine <laughs> where there's an easy solution there. No, this is like a very, very complex. Yeah, like in the U.S., you could pass comprehensive gun laws. Come on. I'm just saying, like if you could, if somebody could, and 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 they would, and they did, then there would be a lot of like you know soft. It's not like, oh look, two plus two is four. This is very, this is a very complex yeah, I get, I get algebraic equation in which I was not properly explained to by my teacher and i'm now lost yeah. surely there's a solution but i'm not gonna find it yeah no i i got you i mean so that that was kind of like unfortunate timing and you also had like on top of that you had also like a bunch of half-baked ideas i feel and miscommunications that are not doing this administration a favor right now like this whole intermediate emergency state that to me at least that seemed to be a no-starter that was from very the political it, like it seemed a no-starter in a way and you know only, i don't think it was anything I think it was it very only political served for the opposition to take pot shots at the perceived incompetence of the government you know that was the only thing it did and another faux pas was like the announcement of janet vega to take legal action against Hector Yaitul, and then had manuel monsalves paddle back on that one so it was kind of like really just uh, have like, a meeting get all your yeah, people exactly. under control now the I think the question here is whether or not also the government should have laid down the law with regards to Mr. Yaitul. I think that's debatable. Like, I do understand the government's efforts to to extend like an olive branch here. I think it's necessary, which I think also is, I assume it was the same reason that like he, he ended the state of emergency as soon as he took office in March without any concrete measures, in my opinion, in place to mitigate the situation. Personally, I think, yes, the government should have taken action against Mr. Yaitul because A... I mean, you're threatening he, the, the government. He flat out rejected any attempts by the government to start a dialogue, which I think it's kind of like, dude, it doesn't get any better than that. Like, if it's not Boric, then good luck with anybody else, you know? Yeah, it's like, you, you live in Chile, dude. <laughs> like, really. And even, like, before this whole emergency state debacle started, like, he even, before that, he was like, we're not going to talk to the government. Like, it was not only he got upset because of the emergency state. No, that was before. He was like, we're not going to talk to them, you know? Yeah. And... I think the government really, really needs to start asserting the power monopoly here, lest they be perceived as weak by some of the more radical elements in the Mapuche cause. And this is true, especially for this government that sort of had this like kumbaya stigma from the very beginning. You know what I mean? Trees it's like, and peace right, and know, colors like, Especially and then it's like, okay, you need to show that you like, got a strong hand. Yeah, you got a strong hand. Like, nobody going to fuck I mean, you, I would you know? much rather... So, uh, I think another reason that the that the government should have gone ahead with the indictment against Mr. Yaitul is that B... It is becoming increasingly clear that the CAM or any other armed branches of the Mapuche cause for that reason do not really enjoy that much support among the Mapuche population. You know, you, mm -hmm. we've mentioned that in previous episodes that up to 70% of the Mapuches do not support the armed resistance branch. And Boric has received rather positive feedback for his plan when we from Mapuche organizations so far. 
So I think it is important for the government to signal that this is not the way. Right, and <laughs> like, this is and not the especially majority. Especially now that there are alternatives forming on the horizon, that he was right. like, okay, look, like we got something to offer now, but this is not the way to go about this. Like, lay down your weapon, chill. We, we can work this out. So I think those are the two reasons. We don't want a civil war. Yeah, this between, is the two reasons that again, you should have gone ahead with this whole thing. And it now, wouldn't even be that because it's such a small yeah. population. Oh, my God. Right. Okay. And now with all this, of course, like with all these things that have happened the last last weeks, like the opposition, the opposition, of course, is having a fucking field day. And they even tried to get that. They even tried to file a constitutional, constitutional mm, charges that. against Iskiasitis for having neglected her office. Right after she was actually reinstating the the act of emergency, I mean the gall on those people. Yeah. <laughs> like ironically enough, that initiative was smacked down by no other than the uh, Renovación Nacional, which is Pineda's party, which is like, yeah, okay, because it's thanks. ridiculous. Because it's ridiculous. Yeah, but it was like you wouldn't really have expected support from them, but you know, good right. that it did. But at the same so time, so I think most most of all, like b- what Boris needs to do right now is herding his cats a little bit better and get his cabinet in line and maybe acting a little bit more deliberate with these delicate issues because I just felt that there was just a lot of just crack the whip and be a bit more thoughtful about, okay, if we're going to do that, we need to have this and this in place. I just didn't feel that was happening. I might be wrong, but this is like the impression. I mean, I think very much it is. It, you know, I don't want to swap places with him. Don't oh, get me wrong. I don't. No. I don't know oh, how I to solve this. I saw him the other day, like in a live um, speech, and I did not recognize. Like he's, like, I love the brother, but he is. You know, like you can tell. Bags under his eyes. <laughs> oh, I, I almost thought it was like I. I even had like my brain conspiracies. I was like, that's not him. <laughs> he's a like my brain conspiracies age. of like that cannot be him because he looked like he's gained weight. He looked so different. I, think I saw a picture of that. Which. Yeah. And I literally, literally, my brain cannon was like, is this not really him? It's him. He's, his weight fluctuates a lot, which is fine because stress, right? But it's like, yeah. <laughs> president of a country. You're president of Chile, yeah. you know. Chile is a special country oh, that I love shit. so dearly. But oh, he's yeah. got. I mean, he inherited he has the entire. Show. I mean, what was he like voted one of the most 100 influential people in the yeah. world right now? Yeah, by times. And it's like he has almost like he has so much even I would argue of Latin America on his shoulders right now this him being the symbol of the quote unquote new Latin America yeah. that people in have Cuba? said in Nicaragua <laughs> in Cu- in Cu- he's getting asked every time Cuba? what about Cuba and Venezuela and Venezuela and, oh man if I was put it's just like really really you, you I mean it just goes in one ear and out as, as, as the person that I am it just goes in one ear and out the other and you yeah, just like walk just, away uh, yeah, at well, some point you know, he can't <laughs> he can't he could can just smile and, yeah, he just have, and cuddle he his little answer. squirtle toy <laughs> um he was get- <laughs> a euphemism. A euphemism. There you go. Anything else right. for that no, one? No, that was my soapbox on Araucanía. Okay, so here we have less. Uh, well, you know, th- there's a reason we have two episodes on the mm-hmm. Araucanía, and I'm sure we'll come back to that in future episodes and have so, even more. So. So anyway, I'm going to talk about the Digital Gap Zero, which is a government plan which was launched to improve access to internet connectivity, which is super interesting. Yep. So the Undersecretary of Tamil Communications, what? Tamil Communications, Tamale. Tamale. Nutella Communications, Telecommunications Subtel presented this Tuesday, which I think was yeah this Tuesday, which would have been the previous Tuesday from when you're listening. 
a plan of, quote, Digital Gap Zero 2022 to 2025, which is promoted by the government, which seeks that citizens have access to internet connectivity regardless of their economic like economic state or where they live. So this roadmap seeks to begin to reduce digital gap that exists in the country, which will have as its main focus um, in areas um, without connectivity. So focusing first on places without connectivity and then going maybe more going more broad. Um, and also attempting to deal with the problem of cable theft. Um, coordinating work it's such a with, thing, man. It's not. People, I mean, okay, yeah. It's not just children. I'm t- okay, again, I'm from I'm from the South. I'm uh-huh. from the, the 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 maybe the less rich places of the US and cable theft is something that I knew people personally did when I was in, I don't and know. Also, in Europe we have all the cables underground, you and, know what I mean. No 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 <laughs> cable like cable theft like literally also the television Walls. theft. Walls. As well, like you can, yeah, through through walls and like if you have cable, you're like for example, your a neighbor pays for Directv, you can hack that and get the cable from them, and split the cable. Yeah, it's just I don't I don't know, man. Like in in in, in I don't know, man. I don't know about all of Europe. Y'all just aren't as creative you just, you just as do, us. You just do you just do not see a lot of exposed cables. That's... No, I'm not. Tr- I, I mean, okay, well, I don't know that that I don't know. I don't live in Germany. Oh, fine. I, I, how dare you? I don't know Germany. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, so quote, digital cap, sorry, digital gap zero seeks that all inhabitants of our country, Chile, can access quality internet through investment in infrastructure with direct subsidies and with special attention to the red zones that in many uh, cities are still disconnected and isolated without internet. And that was Camilo Vallejo, or the spokesperson of the government. A wonderful, beautiful lady. Her beauty has nothing to do with how amazing she is, but Bethany she wants is, her baby. I have such a girl crush somehow. on her. She's. I want to be her. Ah, she's so gorgeous. Anyway, so um, which everybody at this table can very much attest to. I'm sure. No, like just going out of Santiago and not having internet at an Airbnb mm-hmm. or not even internet like like services on your phone just not working <laughs> like and right. you're like well i guess i'm isolated okay anyway so <laughs> uh talking about zero connectivity this is super important yeah. uh the connectivity because especially with the pandemic we have internationally figured out how incredibly uh, essential internet has become to our lives yeah. and m- and my fiance's family has a home in in Limache mm. and they only got internet last year wow. and that was only because they didn't even lay the cables until last year and the only reason they laid the cables was because so many people were moving out of Santiago into places like Omue Limache yep. to work and so there was a big there was enough good to funding be said about the there pandemic, huh? I mean, so, um, okay, so, um, the Undersecretary of Communications, Claudio Areya, warned that when a neighborhood of a population is classified as a red zone, it is stigmatized, and that means that companies are no longer going to sell services there. And that also generates inequity, lack of access, and then the municipalities, um, can help prevent services in lots of different ways. So yeah, this happens a lot, even especially 
there's so many social implication of these ideas of red zones for example like because our firefighters are all volunteers a lot of times they won't go to red zones because they're poorer and they think they're more violent. And so mm -hmm. if there's a fire in these red zones, which, again, a lot of times their houses are made of more flammable material, it's this huge right. circular thing. Well, not so, so much different from red landing, actually. You know? I mean, there you go. So anyway, a couple of months ago, again, this is a quote, I was talking with a counselor from Kilikura and a union leader, and I told them that perhaps the solution is to form a cooperative, which enters the area where the companies do not want to enter. Um... He said and then they would create regulations for connectivity, which seeks to group the bills that are in Congress and attack the gap directly, both that promoted um, different levels of legislative agenda to reduce the, to reduce the difference of the um, existing Internet services. Mm. So having like going directly into those places. A collective. Like a, what is a, a, a cooperative? Yeah, cooperative, Oof. like a connect, a connectivity cooperative to try to go in right. there, try to implement these socialism things. Socialism intensifies. I mean, uh, um, <laughs> socialism, free internet, how dare you? But I mean, imagine like if you had free internet at your house, how much more accessibility could you have? Like you, so many people, more people could work from home. And yeah. for being, I mean, like for BMAs do whatever they want, like instead of going all the way to the... I mean, at least from my perspective, there are so many things now that I buy on the internet that I never bought before, uh, before the pandemic on the internet, like <laughs> furniture. Consumption. Yeah. I mean, like, let's say you sell pieces of furniture in La Percevio Vio, but you travel an hour and a half via, um, via metro to get mm. there. Mm. If you sell furniture on Instagram on 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 Instagram, I have bought furniture on Instagram that mm. people have made mm. in their homes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to yeah. say, oh, I mean, like, there's so many, there, there's so, so many, many opportunities that people didn't have before. You can make so many before. arguments about, like, having internet at home, better education, because kids don't have to go, I don't know, where to do the homework. Um, you can actually accept a job that would be almost impossible for you to commute at if you or get the Or apply to. Now apply, all jobs or, or just, are, you have to... you can do teleworking, you know, you just stay home. You can now create there. a LinkedIn and update your LinkedIn yeah. now, because before nowadays you cannot just fill in an application by paper take it to the place and apply you have to do everything on the internet yeah, which, which I'm takes not opposed to but you know right but which takes a long time it takes hours sometimes as many people know to put in applications on the internet yeah. and let's say you're at the library and then you gotta haul home because you have to pick up your kid from so i mean i don't have to t tell you guys it's complicated internet for everybody is what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. that's what i'm trying to say um <laughs> So there's going to be just, like, different um, – I'm not going to read all of them, but they have, like, different steps to this. So the idea is starting with projects in these red zones to give internet to the most at-risk places and then building up. So, for example, maybe uh, Independencia, you do have access to internet, but you can't afford internet. So that would be, like, step two. Yeah. Right? So – because there, there are places that don't have it at all. Makes gonna sense. Put like the, patch, patch them up first. Right, exactly. Um, so, and in the end, it will be everybody will have connectivity. There's different stages. There's the state one stage called the last mile, which, again, that, that's the first stage, bringing it to isolated and rural areas. And um, they have what this will cost, even broken down, so that it says the last mile project will cost about 93,494 million pesos 
then there's the connectivity for education, which is connecting all schools, which they're giving a subsidy of 13,642 million pesos. Then there's the national, national optical fiber with the connectivity of 202 comunas between Arica and Parinacota and Los Lagos. I don't have that yet. Yeah, right, and so they're um, giving money to that. Then there's the fiber optic austral, which is going to connect the southernmost regions. There's the Tarapacá fiber optic, which is the Tarapacá region, and then the Wi-Fi Chile Gobierno, and it will give free Wi-Fi zones yeah. in different areas. And then the last, which is 5G deployment throughout the country, including social compensations to 366 locations that will benefit from... 4G plus or 5G. But since you're all vaccinated, you already have 5G. I have it already. <laughs> no, trust me, I don't. But I read this week also related to this that Chile has the fastest internet in South America, which doesn't surprise me at all. Yes, I read a comment of like, somebody made a comment for on that one. He was like, somebody tell me there. Yeah. <laughs> point there yeah i mean to be honest I mean, it's, okay the thing is that not that Viter is slow but it's like patchy as shit it's just like it always yes. drops out you know yeah that's the thing to be honest like i we can bitch but really i do yeah. my job which bitching is on a very high level <laughs> entirely online yeah. now do i have one day out of three months that everything is collapsed Yes, but to do your like entire job through video calls all day, it's come on, like yeah. how first world am I bitching right yeah, now? Yeah, you know, yeah. so so I found this article on Bio Bio, which I thought was interesting because you know since the Boris administration assumed office and before that actually, like this whole idea of uh, free public transportation has become become the talk of the town. You know, talking towning. And that was, as I said, like an interesting article, which I dove into, and I thought I want to tell you guys about it. Tell me, please. So, 2017, then-Congressman George Jackson, might have heard of him, now Minister Secretary General of the Presidency, which is like Slash the most convoluted for first, first... No, he's the, what is it called, the first double. husband? <laughs> The first, the first mistress man. Miss, yeah. The We're trying to make a joke because everybody ships him and Boric. They're the their first, best friends. The first man stress. The first man stress. Nice. Nice. The first man stress. So, like George Jackson or George Jetson or whatever you want to call him. So, he championed <laughs> the idea in 2007 of Juan Carlos Munoz, you might have also heard of, who is now Minister of Transportation and Com Telecommunications. Back then he was, quote-unquote, only a lowly academic. To make Transantiago free to use for the citizens. Now, the idea was to finance this in a three-way split between the government, employers, and also part of the employee's paycheck, you know? I the do know. project eventually died on Michelle's Bachelet desks, who was the president back then. <sighs> um, because, on, the, because the president has the last word when it comes to fiscal matters, like money, president. The reason for killing the of the project was, and I quote, it would eliminate any and all incentives for the operator businesses, which it's kind of like... Such an old argument. And also it's like, duh, you're kind of missing the point here. Right, it's <laughs> such an old argument that does it like everybody sort of, When I say everybody, I mean most people who are like politically aware no that's not it's not a, like a real yeah, argument it's, yeah and it's, it's also, not a real it's argument like okay hold on like you, you're talking about you want to save the process but you losing the bigger you're losing sight of the bigger picture here I like think why do we had so like yeah. the thing is she was 
You, From you, the outside perspective, she's such a hypocrite, but then everybody that I know that has worked with her directly is like, she's such a good person, and I get real confused. I mean, it's politics, and also you got to consider that she had a lot of writing on this one because she was the one who actually gave life to Transantiago in the first place. I mean, it was yeah. Lago's idea, but she was the one who implemented it in her first she government. She breathed life you know? into it yeah. like a clay yeah. doll. She was just like, for the first Miko left the lot, she was like, it's alive. <laughs> you know, that's how it went down. Now, in 2021, Juan Carlos Munoz, now Minister of Telecommunication and Transportation, and Hugo Silva, who was also an academic, they published a study that was looking into the effects of this, like this being free public transportation. So they did the math. And I was like, why didn't I do the math this time? But, you know, they did the math and they found that free public transportation in Santiago would have an annual cost of, remember that number, 619 billion pesos. Uh -huh. Now, to compare, in 2020, the Treasury spent more than 588 billion in subsidies on the three different bus systems within the RED, as it's now called, which used right. to be Transantiago. Mm -hmm. In other words... With only 30, only quote unquote, 31 billion pesos more, or if you want to put it in perspective, 5% of the amount spent in 2020, Santiago could actually offer uh, public transportation. Holy for shit, free. yes. Now, for the study, what they did is they gave a group, uh, they gave a group of test subjects that hit a bit with unlimited trips, you know, while at the same time they were keeping tabs on a control group, as you do. Sure. Smart. And smart, you know, they do science. And the subject of this experiments, they were working for, they were workers for, from 13 companies in Santiago as commuting to work represents 74% of all trips in Santiago during rush hour. Yes. Sorry, I'm, I love this, what you're talking about right now. I'm so excited. Numbers. I literally <laughs> wrote an article about this, actually. Really? So, really? yeah, I did oh, so cool. <laughs> for Chile today. So, anyway, keep going. Okay. But it's it's super interesting. About because... this experiment? Yeah, did? yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay, yeah. so, like, feel free you to You might have in. gotten some of my information, actually, from the internet, unless it was in Spanish. It was in Spanish. Wasn't me. Okay, because I wrote Spanish. it in English. But, oh, awesome. okay, anyway, it's so, yeah, so, so, they heard... so, yeah, they did, they did that. So, um, and then they found that the number of trips during off-peak hours increased by 23%. But this was, however, that was not compensated by a decrease in trips during rush hour. So basically, it resulted in a net overall increase of trips taken. So basically, the impact would, quote unquote, only be an increase in quality of life, you know. Mm -hmm. Moreover, exactly. the, the study didn't find any evidence of significant decrease in the usage of cars. And one of the conclusions is that they came to is that free pu public transport reduces the cost of free time activities so that people are more inclined to go visit someone after work or go to dinner mm -hmm. using public transportation. So Now, their life, their quality of life improves. Right, right. This is, I mean. I love that. Which is great, but hard to put in numbers, you know. So no, I know. It, but no, for me, this, I'm like, right. yay. Like the, just for me, of course, being a sentimental person that I am, the idea that like somebody who might have been like, I can't go see my grandmother because I don't have money mm. can now do that. Like for me, that's like, I will pay yeah. public transportation I mean, my cost for the rest of my life if it means that other people can right. go see their grandparents. No, no, I mean, th this, you know this I mean? is great. It's just like really hard to like, oh, sure, squish sure. into I'm a metric. I'm just getting sentimental. It's fine. It's I'm just getting So this is one person called Juan Antonio Carrasco of the think tank MOVID, which stands for Nucleo Milenio Movilidades y Territorios. I'm not even going to try to translate that. No, so no, fact no, that no, It's no. a think tank. That's all you need to know. So he kind of raised an interesting question here, which is, why do you want it to be for free? Which is fair. Okay. Because yeah. you need to ask yourself, what, what is the end here? Like, 
are we trying to reduce pollution? Right. Are we trying to reduce congestion? Or are we, and they didn't bring that up, like how about social issues, which is something I'm going to get to. So because this in the end... This is fascinating. I love this so much. in the end, like, let's not forget, because it's only, quote unquote, 31 billion pesos, a big part of this would be chiefly be financed by taxpayers' money. So like, this is not something to be taken lightly, you know, even though in return, of course, we wouldn't have to pay for public transport, but, you know, not everybody might use public transport in the same way that they that uh, other people do. So if it was to discourage the use of your own car or to reduce congestions on the street, like in general, this doesn't seem to be the correct way then, if that's what you're aiming for, you know. For, I mean, again, for, it depends, again, hmm? At least the article I read yeah. with the, the groups that they used were people who use the metro the most. Mm -hmm. And so, again, with, who is using their cars the most? It's typically people who aren't already using the metro. It's not like people... Um, People have cars. I guess what I'm saying. People have cars are not the people in the poorer people places that are, are using the, the metro. It's not like yeah, people no. like, I'm going to be using the metro more in my car less it's mm -hmm. like no people who use their cars are just going to continue to use their yeah, cars exactly. um and this is yeah yeah that's but, what but, i'm trying yeah, to say but, yeah no but but that's actually the point that i'm making too the thing is that you, if, if you want to reduce like congestions in the street for example reduce pollution then offering a free ticket if you base yourself on the outcomes of the study is not the way because what you do no. you're not reducing the car usage on the contrary you're going to increase the usage of public transportation which means more micros and everything you right know? which actually on in the article that i was writing it focused more on like again what they are doing which is making more elect uh, electric micro micros like turning them from gas micros using mm -hmm. petrol and diesel mm -hmm. to electrical and then also focusing on um wood burning stoves which is a huge big pol polluter and which is not actually had okay, anything to do okay. with transportation but right but you know like in terms of reducing pollution like changing behavior there is not gonna that's that's not no gonna no, no fly but like this. the yeah. if you're going to increase the micros you have to change the type of oh, yeah, micros. No, that's what i'm trying absolutely. to say so yeah basically so if you're looking to reduce congestion free metro ticket might not be the way to go for that personally i think maybe a they should consider like something like you know state subsidy for bikes or buying or making and putting bigger investment in bike lanes or something. I mean, like honestly, that. Just, if know. they would just do what Europe does and like let foreigners rent bikes around the city, because right now, unless you have a Chilean credit card, ah, no, right, that's the thing. You right, have to have a gotcha. route in order yeah. to rent a bike here, and so a lot of else. a lot of again, this is good info for you if you're coming to visit Chile. They got a lot of public bikes that you can only use if you have a route. Yeah. And so if you're a foreigner coming to visit, there's a lot of bikes that you can't use. And that's like a lot of waste yeah, of money route, because a lot nobody. of foreigners would come here and tour around oh, the yeah. city Absolutely. using those bikes. Mm. There's like just it's incorrectly. Yep. The, the companies using them or creating them did not do a great job, at least in my opinion, in that area. That, so that, that you can use that for elephant. <laughs> <laughs> the company that did that did not do a great job, in my opinion. Just like, <laughs> like just like take that soundbite from <laughs> from from me and just like add it to like different things. Everything. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> the company that did, did not do a good job. Not a good job. In my opinion, parentheses. <laughs> right. Okay, and as you just said, you know, also it doesn't surprise me either that there was no impact in the usage of personal vehicles because, you know, the use of public transportation in Chile is much more stigmatized than in other countries. 
Yeah. It's just like because like only in, poor people in, yeah, use exactly, the public like transportation. In, Europe or in Japan, it's just like in Japan you have like general manager of God knows what taking the metro because why not? You know, it's like who wants it's to more be? convenient and, also, and it like, is. Yeah, like Japan, Tokyo is like a perpetual traffic jam. Like why would you want to do I, that? I know so many people like this who are like, oh my god, it takes me forty five minutes to get from Providencia to Las Condes in the morning, and I'm like, and you could do that in like. 15 minutes on yeah. the metro and maybe only take a bike and it takes you less than that you know right like, but it's it's <laughs> but it, but people tell me this all the time and i like I'm like you you could you know that you could take the the metro right and it it might be crowded but it will get you there in 15 minutes don't don't complain at me about taking 45 minutes and gas is so expensive yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't have to pay that yeah that, that's another thing gas getting so expensive but yeah and you know another thing is also like one thing is a stigma of like taking you know the poor people's transportation the other thing is like also a lot of people as you said who already own a car do not use the metro because they are also probably like think about somebody who lives in Chicoreo or whatever yeah. good luck getting there by public transportation that's got like then I get okay take your car I get it you know sure like, if you if you do it that's the thing if you do not have access to the metro which is a continual problem it's it's becoming less and less of a problem as the metro is getting bigger and it is still growing but it is a problem if you think about it right now i mean it's no surprise that like the most affluent areas of this town have the worst public transportation well they don't want it they don't want it they don't need it And, and they've actually protested the public transportation in their areas because they think that poor people are going to buy homes there and make the cost of their homes go down like poor people can't afford homes in your fucking place even if they did live there also fuck you even if they could and you'll bring crime oh yeah it'll bring crime poor people because poor people bring crime and all that bullshit so they, they in the study they also mentioned um oh not in the study in the article they mentioned european cities where public transportation is already for free such as the capital city of estonia Tallinn, you know where the use of personal vehicle actually dropped in the aftermath but only by five percent which is really not that much either you know right in Luxembourg, the use of public transportation I was literally going from, to just mention Luxembourg. I was about did, to be like Luxembourg. You know? It jumped from thirty-two thousand passengers per day to forty-five thousand in only a couple of months. Now it didn't tell me anything about the use of personal vehicles or if that really it reduced um, congestion in the in the streets. I don't know, but it's which is also a thing that you have to consider because if you say okay, like free transportation based on what we know now is going to be costing so and so much more, they have to take into account okay, but if this is going to increase demand, this might turn out to be a lot more expensive. I think this is going to be such an interesting, in, fascinating thing because so for example, yeah. with the way that inflation has become in Chile, there has been a curb, at least in what I have seen again, my own anecdotal experience of of. Okay, because there is a something that happens a lot in Latin America is this idea of like, oh, they're the bad Latinos and we're the good Latinos. Like they're the brown people and we're the white people. Even in the Latino like coloristic, like we're rich and they're poor and they're bad and we're good. And there's all of these different kinds of aspects. Like, yeah, there's all these different types of aspects that they used to, like, separate themselves. There's this idea, which, like, you can attest to, that's, like, once you get a car, you are now in Chile. Somebody. Someone. Yeah. You have a car now. You matter. And, yeah, and it's – but I do think that with the pandemic and the increase, the incredible, insane increase in the cost of buying a car, mm. and then the incredible increase in the cost of gas. And the incredible increase in – 
And then how so many people don't even need cars anymore because they can work from home. I am hoping that this uh, metro stigma also goes down. Because at some point, like, you have to just be like, I cannot afford, I can't. I mean, so for example, you know, I don't, I've always used the metro living in, in Chile. And I always thought, like, eventually, when I got, you know, older in Chile, I would buy a car. Now it's impossible for me. And I'm looking at my budget with the inflation the way that it is. And I go, you know what? I need to take less Cabify's. I need to just use the buses more. Mm-hmm. And I've always used the buses. But I'm just like, you know, I need to use them more. I know I'm not the only person more. here. <laughs> I know I'm not the only person here. And people need to stop putting that shit on their credit cards. And they need to humble themselves. Not, not that you should have to, quote, unquote, humble yourself. But, like, because of the stigma. Just fucking do what you need to do. Like. Take the, the – I'm interested to see the way that all of this is going to operate together. You know what I mean? Like the inflation plus the price of cars with this new generation of Chileans coming in, mm. becoming like my age 30-year-olds who are in that process of trying to buy a house, inable, like unable to buy a house, trying to buy a car, incapable of buying a car. What's a Like house? how that is going to affect our generation because the 40-year-olds like yourself – have a completely Thanks. different type of. No, I'm just saying, like, have a completely different Chile to deal with, or had a completely different Chile yeah. to deal with than I'm dealing with. Slash, than Pinguino is going to deal with, and so I think it's super interesting because I cannot like, I have uh, like it was kind of a thing with people in the middle class who when before they would have a kid they'd get a car because like this idea of transporting your kid and you don't want them to take a metro yeah, my my friends who make good money as lawyers don't have cars and they're having kids and it's because they cannot afford to both have a kid in this country where mm. education is not free and have a car i have a good good friend of mine he's german he is married got two kids he got a well-paying job but he doesn't have a car but not because he could i think he could afford to he's just like no, I'm good. No, I mean, and that's the <laughs> thing. Is it isn't essential. Uber, I'm not trying to make the argument that it's essential. I'm just saying, like, there was that perception that it's, like, those kind of stages no, no, but, of but, life. But that's what I mean. It's like he's yeah. breaking the mold there. He just – because he's also – he's not chilling. He's German. So he's yeah, like, he doesn't have that, like, shame yeah. there. Yeah. I was like, I don't need a car. <laughs> I don't have that shame there because, again, the fact that there even exists public transportation here for me is the most fascinating thing in the world because, again, I, I'm where they rode horses down the street, basically. <laughs> Well, every, every, or, or, you know. I, There's I, a number five horse line. No, I mean, it, we, everybody had a car, but it was just like, again, you had to have a car because if you didn't have a car, you didn't oh, yeah, have a job. That's the, also the U.S. for you. Yeah. But that's just the U.S. But also, yeah. like, I'm from I'm from the farmlands. Gotcha, lands. gotcha. Um, so the fact that there's public transportation for me is like a huge just miracle of engineering yeah. <laughs> in general and like community building. So like, again, not the stigma. And then, of course, my fiance just doesn't give a fuck about it. He's the most laid back person ever. So he's just not going to let perception dictate the way that he lives. And so for us, it's like, why do we need this? But anyway, all I'm trying to say yep. is the stages of life, the way that millennials live versus Gen Z and all these things are changing. And so I'm really interested to see how all of these different shifts play into and so maybe with this particular piece of research it doesn't decrease like it doesn't necessarily help the environment but maybe the just the way the society is turning is going to be helping yeah, the environment there, yeah. but you know like talking about the stigma again i mean you're looking at cities like luxembourg who excuse me had like this insane jump from like is that not a country what isn't luxembourg a country yeah it's a city state Pretty, oh. pretty much a city state and surrounding areas. I was but like, I thought it was a country. Okay, got, it, got it you. It is a country. 
Okay. But so coming back to Luxembourg, saying, okay, you see this like this jump from 32,000 to 45,000 passengers in a day. But again, you know, like we're saying that this is a country where public transportation is not nearly as stigmatized as it is here. And I was a bit surprised that the article didn't touch at all on the what I think is the most obvious reason here, which is reducing social cost, right? Because, I mean, let's remember that right. for a large swath of the population, touch the cost of public transportation is proportionally much higher than for you or for me. And it was actually the Fucking straw that broke the camel's back this... in October 2019, if you remember. Who wrote this article? It was, I, mean, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't take notes there. But, like, it was not really, it was funny. Like, they were more talking about, like, reducing car usage and pollution, which is fair. But I'm just like... Does anybody, don't you remember October 2019? I, I literally thought that was going to be your conclusion was like well, the reason that we My conclusion going to be that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was the conclusion of this article because like, again, like that is such a, that, that's the whole, exactly what you said. That's the whole reason we had the estallido was this increase in, in, in transportation yeah. and we've already seen it again and it's debilitating to some families. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, here's my personal conclusion to this thing because they didn't do that job apparently. God so, dang it. <laughs> so maybe free public transportation for all wouldn't be very productive and so far that it really doesn't reduce congestion or pollution on the one hand and on the other hand, it will make the transport also free to those who don't really need it or actually don't really care how much they or pay use for it. it or use it so that they would so that would place an additional burden on the taxpayer but i think what we could consider is like a targeted subsidies for people that are most in need but i mean it's the exact same <coughs> thing that they're doing for students right if you're a student like a, you're a <coughs> university student you can go and you have to literally stand in line mm -hmm. like at like the i don't know that he says i don't know where you stand in line but you go to a place and you stand in line and you get your special beep yeah. and it's and, but you have to go do it, right? You have to apply. What I'm trying to say is there there could be a process of like, if you're in the tax bracket, which already there is proof that you're in certain tax brackets, you already get certain benefits anyway, you, you could already be looped into there that. There is this, what was it? The family registry, what's it called? The registro familia, that they've been using lately a lot to hand out uh, welfare checks and something like that, something that you have to register in. But then again, this is something that, Chile works uh, that really works well in Chile something that you it would be absolutely unimaginable in Europe because yeah. everything's centralized there's a, like you, there's so you, many different arms in Chile it's like the a giant is, weird spider is, like, you have a digital footprint everywhere the, mm -hmm. the government knows where you are what you do because it's all centralized which is terrifying on the one hand and on the other it hand it is both it's centralized and completely practical. uncentralized at the same time it's super weird is it? And when I mean uncentralized, I'm just saying, like, there's so many different departments that are unconnected for no reason because you do have a root. Like, there's no reason why, for the example, I my mean, SII, which is my taxes, should not automatically be connected. There is a with... reason for that. I mean, there is a reason that, for example, in Germany, we have there's something which is called the, the, the prohibition of cooperation between certain arms of the law enforcement which is um, a remnant of the Second World War because that people were just like, okay, we do not want the government to have full control of I understand that, except you know? for the fact that when I'm applying for my immigration status, I have to oh, scan documents. It's super document. inconvenient. I don't, I don't I'm just, like, dispute that. <laughs> they already have to have access to that information yeah. anyway, but I have, have to physically scan in documents that are available at the tax center that no, they do not have communication. Like, 
I'm an immigrant. Yeah, I don't get privacy anyway. I get it. It's so, irony. like, yeah. I w- would really rather just sign off my thing and be like, yeah. you can have it. No, I mean, dude. I get it. I mean, there's really ups and downs to that. And in that respect, I think Chili is just perfect because we're just... Like, Chili's okay. just perfect. Oh, my God. Everybody yeah. stop right now. Yeah, like, it's just perfect he said because it. people he said are just it. like, okay, we need a register. Like, we need to get to all them poor people's... Uh, if there only was re- there is a registry i mean they would have to sign up for that but okay right there's there, we, there exists a register there's already benefits in place in which because if you're already in this benefit bracket then you would have this extra benefit right and they could be like okay uh we're, we're all going to send you a special beep card yeah Boom. i i like it let's do it let's do it right now Yor- yeah. Boric, you're listening to this Giorgio, Boric, Giorgio Boric. Also, Boric, if you're listening to this, I love you, brother, but you really, you really got to gotta get an English teacher. Um, and yeah. I am one, and I got a master's degree in English, and um, I'm your biggest fan, so, like... But, but you uh, can't come to her wedding because that'd be... Don't come to my ste- wedding. It'll be... I would, it would ruin my wedding because I would be so much trying to flirt with Boric. Like, Mao knows. Like, don't don't you do it. I'm real... I'm a, like, I have Slytherin in my heart. I'm attracted to power. Don't you let me... Don't you let me get near? Yeah, and I guess Irina Karamanas won't be really happy about that. <laughs> eh, she's a beard. She's a beard. <laughs> oh, then we wouldn't really then care if you really, flirt with really her. Then it really, really wouldn't get any, anyway, so. very far with him either. No, I just and I have George a crush Jackson on people. standing and, there on the far side of yeah, the room, just like, bitch. I've known him longer. <laughs> I've known him longer. You don't even trouble know. For that. Oh my gosh, we am okay. We we am. That's where we, we are am. right now. We am. She's a really good English teacher. I'm such a good English teacher. I have a master's degree. I really am a good English teacher. If you're looking for one, contact me. Call me, bitch. Okay, so um, that's that's all that's I what you got. For, okay, for them I have um, observatory news. If you don't know, friends and family, so Chile has some of the um, most like prolific observatories of stars in the world because we have some of the most cloudless nights it's uh also basically no ozone layer so there's a lot of really big benefits to studying stars in chile and a lot of i've actually met a lot of astronomers who have um who have like gotten their doctorates here who have studied here like postdoctorate and everything's pretty cool uh and um there's actually like really interesting places you can go to like do like star ceremonies and stuff it's really weird i mean the atacama desert is the place to be for that it's the place to be uh anyway so there's the alma alma observatory and it's going to double its capacity um and it was actually out of uh work for a little bit or at least very much almost closed its work because of the pandemic obviously Mm. stargazing and star research was not at the priority. Not essential. <laughs> it wasn't essential. Yeah. Um, so it's now running at full force. Um, and it was completely shut down at some point, And it's now hoping to double its capacity to specifically research black holes. So the director said, we're looking to enhance the capabilities of ALMA over the next 10 years. And that's Sean Doherty. And so the Atacama Village, as you were saying... Um, um, Atacama Large Millimeter Submillimeter Array, mm. which is ALMA, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which is the largest astronomical project in existence. It's a single telescope of revolutionary design with 66 radio telescopes, and it, of course, is in the Atacama Desert in northern Chile. The costs were astronomical. Adorable. Thank you. Doherty said that he's hoping to increase imaging capabilities by a factor of two, providing a more detailed look at the universe and black holes, which I guess a factor of two is a lot. 
I don't know. Well, my science brain says, yeah. Okay. Uh, and he said, I think it's going to be quite the renaissance in observation of black holes in general. I think it's going to be a great motivator and really enhance our understanding of black holes and black hole physics. And I'm such a child because I'm like, black I know, holes. I know, <laughs> and I'm just waiting for, for Uranus to make an appearance. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so it takes a lot of, obviously, logistics and science to even take pictures of black holes. And it uh, set Alma down um, a lot of progress after the observatory shut down because of COVID. And it took a lot of, um, and a lot of months to actually get it up and running. But it is now running at full force. And they're going to be at the forefront of black hole research coming in the next few years. So there's awesome. that. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's what, so we, we were not planning on doing just a, an episode about news, my friends, but uh, it's sort of like, you know, an Araucania update and everything, and there's been a lot of things happening in Chile, so we'll bring you part two of Trains very soon. If you were looking forward to Trains, don't worry, it's a-coming, down the tracks, it's a-coming round the mountain when she comes, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it'll be here soon, and we hope to see you very soon. Uh, remember that we have a Patreon, we have a $5 level and a $10 level. Yes, sir. Both of which give you access to events in Santiago. Not only do you get discount on events which pay for themselves, but also tips for different um, places to eat, places to brunch, places to go visit. Just different types of tips in general, living in Chile or visiting Chile. We got you. We got you covered. And, and access to our Discord. Access, access to our Discord and our, our asses. asses on Discord. <laughs> our asses on Discord. But that will be the $100 you can level. Ask. <laughs> That's the that's the hundred dollar. You're only a hundred dollar level for access to your ass. Okay. Anyway, uh, ass moving on. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's been it's gotten late. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and win it out. Gringo out. Bye. Bye. The Chile Today podcast is hosted by Leonard Kluge and Bethany Francis and produced by Diego Pinguino Rivera. For more information on the news topics you heard today, check out chiletoday.cl.